We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, it is rivalry week inside the AFC South for two divisional opponents. The Indianapolis Colts taking on the Tennessee Titans. I don't think any of us fans need any more uh, being more pumped up for this game. Uh, Y'all have been going at each other all week on Twitter and you know other social medias, and I just can't wait to get to this game. But we have some special guests, Lee and Michael. Uh, appreciate you guys both coming on today and talking the Tennessee Titans with me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just hop into it real quick. Uh, and Michael, we'll start with you on this. Uh, what's your overall feelings about the Tennessee Titans through the first quarter of the season? Well, right now, we're just still getting most of our team back. We are getting Nicholas Petit-Friere, who's going to be coming back and rejoining the team after a lengthy suspension. And it's basically going to help solidify our offensive line going forward right now at this point. It's still kind of a feeling out process. You know, as we were talking earlier before the show started, it's kind of been a back and forth, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So hopefully we're able to get a little sustainability going forward. Lee, how are you feeling, man? I feel like there there's a lot of different feelings coming along with this game because it's it's it, this rivalry has gone back so far, and as as Derek as you were saying, the Titans have went through years of heartbreak with with the against the Colts, lost eleven straight to Peyton or to Andrew Luck, lost countless to Peyton, but. Now the Titans have already slowly started finding that groove against Indy. Winning five of the last six. All right. Um, well, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to this game, I mean, I, I, I think that there's good and bad when it comes to both of these teams. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it before the show, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they, They've had some really bad weeks and then they follow it up with a really good performance from a lot of different teams. And obviously this is a team that in recent memory has had the Colts number. Of course, this is a completely different Colts team now 
a lot of players that are the same, but there is a new face at quarterback. There is a new face at head coach. So the game is ran a lot differently now uh, than what it has been under the Frank Reich era. Um, Lee, I'll start with you first thing. Um, what has been your thoughts on the Colts so far, like with Anthony Richardson and head coach Shane Steichen and what he's done from what you've seen? Uh, how do you feel about the Colts coming into the matchup? Well, the Colts, I'm going to say this, don't sleep on Andy. Andy is a good team on paper. There's a few holes that need to be plugged or fixed. Anthony Richardson, yeah, he's a rookie. Uh, coming back off of con- a concussion protocol, I'm pretty, I think so. Yeah. Um, the head coach, great job by him. Then you also have to look at the office coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, who's a Tennessee native. Um, he he can the dude knows how to call an offense. Absolutely, Indy Indy as a whole, as I said, they're a good team, but there's I feel like they're a few pieces away, yeah, from truly and, being a true true threat in this division. Michael, uh, how how are you feeling about Indy coming into the matchup from what you've seen? Well, in the last two games, they did really well. Anthony Richardson had a passer rating right above 65%, but that Rams game definitely, they prepared for him very well as he went in about 44% of that. So my biggest concern for Anthony Richardson is it's just doing this on a consistent basis. He has the tools, he has the talent, and we know Shane Steichen's a wizard at making quarterbacks just at an elite level, but the thing is, with being at the head coaching position, you're wearing multiple hats. So you're not going to have that opportunity to really just have your hands-on experience like he has in previous stops. But overall, you know, the Colts definitely are still in a rebuild mode. They could be that team that surprises you and ends up winning between five to eight games this year. But realistically, one of the things they are going to have to do to continue this trend is draft well and continue to try and keep their guys healthy. And Michael, real quick before we uh, hop into the next thing with the offense, give me a give me a quick rundown of your guys' injury report. Obviously, you're talking about Nicholas Petit Faree uh, coming in at left tackle now. Um, give me an injury update on some of your guys. Like, are we are you guys going to be missing some anyone that you know specifically for this game that's big? Well, I think right now the biggest name for the Titans would definitely be Traylon Burks as he was out last week with a knee injury. So we don't know the gravity of it. Mike Vrabel's very good at keeping those things under wraps, especially when it comes to zero hour. So it's just going to be a wait-and-see scenario as he continues throughout the practice week. Uh, Tier Tart, their huge run stopper on defense, uh, has been dealing with a toe injury. I think he might be a game-time decision. If he's comfortable enough, they'll probably get him out there. But most everybody else, they've got a h- array of players coming back. You know, you're going to have Nicholas P- Petit-Friere coming back, potentially solidifying that right side of the offensive line. They'll get Kyle Phillips back, who was injured in the preseason, and they'll potentially have Danico Autry, who didn't practice today as well. 
right. Um, well, we might as well just hop into the rest of this offense here. Um, we were talking about Jonathan Taylor before the show, and you know, surprisingly enough, uh, he did come off a of PUP this week. He is practicing, and from all accounts, sounds like Jonathan Taylor will play in some capacity for the first time this season against you guys. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a couple of decent games, and obviously the history goes back a few years there. Um, I will say I've seen – I looked at your guys' uh, rushing statistics from your defense. I'd say it's probably one of the better things that you guys do uh, when it comes to uh, playing against the run. You guys are actually a top 10 uh, defense when it comes to stopping the run. You're number one in uh, rushing yards per play. You're number nine in total uh, – or you're number four in total yards per game. Uh, so far, I think only – only one rushing touchdown has been scored on you guys all season so far. So, I mean, from a from that perspective, I mean, that's amazing to be able to stop that. And that's been the bread and butter for Indianapolis so far this year. Zach Moss, who is, I think he's like number 10 in the NFL in rushing right now. You're getting Jonathan Taylor back into that fold. Anthony Richardson knows how to take off and get yards with his feet. So, I mean, Michael, do you feel confident in the Titans' ability to stop the Indy offense from being able to run the football? Well, that's going to be the challenge this upcoming Sunday. You know, Tennessee's defense is basically running the show at this point, trying to keep the offense into this game. And most of these games, it usually comes down to the defense per- defensive performance. So, I really think that the Titans are going to have to try and contain Anthony Richardson, which I think, as you said, if he takes off, that's going to be a big problem for them. But also, you know, as Richardson was told by, you know, the Jacksonville quarterback earlier this year, you need to start taking care of yourself, man, because this is defense. They're going to eat, and if they get a hold of you, they're going to take it personal. Lee, how, how do you feel about your defenses stacking up against the Colts' rushing attack? I feel like the Titans can do it. The Titans, as you said, the stats are stats don't lie. The stats for the Titans don't lie. They they've pro- they proved it last week. They held Cincinnati to I think it was like seventy two yards total on the ground. Right. And, but as I, the the biggest problem for us in, in the run game would be Anthony Richardson. Yeah, Richardson is a big dude. He's what, like 6'5", 250? He's, yeah, 6'4", 255, and runs a 4'4". So he gets that corner, he's gone. Yeah. It's going to be a situation that the Titans secondary and their defensive backs are really going to have to try and keep him on. We've seen so many times with Steichen's offensive play calling, especially because you run them RPOs and you run smushes that – forces your ends to play devil's advocate. Do they, you know, do they follow? And then your safeties are following these motion guys across the field. And it's forcing your outside linebacker to make a very quick decision on, are they biting the bullet or are they moving outside? And, you know, I mean, that's going to be the biggest question as I don't, I don't even, I don't even concern myself. I think your guys defensive line 
will have no problem with doing what it needs to do. Um, I think they're going to perform just as well as any other defensive line has against Indy so far. But I, I think where it mostly comes into play is the outside linebacker play because with Indy now potentially getting Jonathan Taylor back for this game and Anthony Richardson being able to run on the outside, the speed on the outside is what's going to matter the most, stopping Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, like you said, Michael, to keeping them from getting outside and keeping everything in. So, I mean, Lee, do you, do you think that your linebackers, your outside linebackers have that ability to do that? I think they do. Um, let's go back to last season, Titans Chiefs last year. When you can take and set the edge and force your quarterback to become one-dimensional, the Titans are the best there is at that. But when you lose that piece on the edge, like the Titans did last year with Bud Dupree, you're going to have a problem. But I feel like Arden Key, um, Harold Landry's back for this year. You have Caleb Murphy, Rashad Weaver. You've got a list of edge rushers and outside linebackers that can do it, that have done it at a high level. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you guys definitely, especially from a defensive line perspective, uh, I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Simmons, maybe the most underrated defense alignment in the entire NFL. Oh, yeah. uh, Danico Autry, Harold Landry, again, guys that are pass rush specialists, uh, no question about it. You know, we'll see how they do. My biggest concern with the Colts is uh, still missing Bernard Ryman, uh, our left tackle. And I think Ryan Kelly is going to be back this week at center. Um, even though he missed last week, he had a concussion last week and he practiced two full practices and still somehow didn't make it out of protocol. And he's still in protocol now, even though he's practiced fully twice so far this week, which is very strange to say the least, but I, I'm a little more optimistic that with another week of rest that he'll be ready for this game. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to need it because uh, Bernard Ryman is a top five left tackle in this league right now from all the blocking metrics. And if he's not in there, that definitely makes it for a long day. Um, 
But Michael, let's go see your guys' secondary really quickly because I mean it it feels like the same exact uh secondary to me that I've always seen. Uh obviously you got Kevin Byard still back there, you got Christian uh Fulton out there, Amani Hooker, you know, the same guys that I feel like I always see over there. Um is there anyone on the Colts passing attack that you kind of hope that the Titans are keeping an eye out for? Because the Colts really use their tight ends in the middle of the field really well. Josh Downs is becoming a possession guy, and and Michael Pittman's definitely trying to become more of the big play guy down the field. Well, I think as you said, you know, you have the safeties of Bayard and Hooker, which is the best safety tandem right now in the NFL. So they're going to go and challenge those tight ends and basically force Richardson to throw to the wideouts. So at this point, really, the play of the defensive front is what dictates how the secondary plays. If the front's getting the pressure on the offense quickly, then they're given the opportunities for the secondary to go out there and potentially make plays out there, whether it be just an interception or potentially even just a bat down. So at the moment where you see this defense play, the strength, of course, is going to go in between what the defensive line does, but how that happens, that basically dictates the whole game from the secondary's point of view. They basically feed off what they do, and it's just kind of just, it's kind of a charge kind of situation, if that makes sense. Well, and I th- I've saw, um, I saw some clips from uh, my guy Lawrence Owen who does uh, film studies every once in a while. He was doing some on uh, your guys's uh, team and he does show you know a few times against Cincinnati when you guys were getting further ahead in the lead. Uh, he had your guys's defense has the confidence in being able to play very shallow but still at the same time feeling like they're aggressive enough and uh, smart enough to recognize where the play is going quickly and limiting uh, big plays, which is obviously what you guys did against Cincinnati the whole game outside of the first drive. So, I mean, obviously it was working there. Um, That's a great point you bring up. I mean, you know, the mentality of a Mike Vrabel defense has been don't break. Yeah. You know, they can give up small little chunk plays, but you never see Tennessee hardly give up the big play, you know, they're trying to just contain as much as they can. And usually if they do, it's just a missed assignment or some situation like that. But that's just the whole narrative of a Mike Vrabel defense. Just and don't break. Uh, let's go ahead and move to your guys' offense here. Um, I mean, I would say I'd say it's been average at best. Um, at least that's my perspective on it. Just looking at the stats. I mean, your guys is rushing. Obviously, you got Derrick Henry. Um, and that leads to, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but, uh, I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill for a minute because obviously you guys made one of the biggest headlines in the entire NFL offseason when you guys drafted Will Levis in the second round, obviously things have not really worked out for Will Levis so far. Um, he's what your third stringer right now. So I don't, I, I mean, obviously things are not going great for the hype train for Will Levis. But of course, they said they're still going to run with Ryan Tannehill and, you know, things like that. And then, you know, it just seems like from all metrics, passing wise, uh, 
the best stat that you guys have so far is, I mean, you're number 20 in yards per pass, but that's about as best as it gets from the numbers perspective. Uh, and Lee, I'll start with you on this. What's your thoughts been on Ryan Tannehill so far this season? I'm going to say this. One, I'm not 100% sold on Tannehill. I feel like if if the Titans can hang on and win this week, but you start seeing that decline and going back to how you were week three against Cleveland, there will be a quarterback change. They'll be forced to go to Malik Will or get Malik Willis. All right, interesting. Um, well, I mean, Michael, I saw. Um, I think what we saw even last week. Uh, I know that it says that Ryan Tannehill is so far this season has been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure uh, amongst all of them. And the one thing that the Indianapolis Colts have been able to do through four weeks of football has been able to get after the quarterback. They've sacked the QB 14 times through the first four weeks of the season. Uh, But I mean, from last week, you would not have seen that because they, I mean, Lawrence showed me some film that Ryan Tannehill under pressure actually made some of his best throws against Cincinnati. Uh, It's very strange how uh, spotty he is. But again, I ask you the same question. How do you feel about Ryan Tannehill going into this game and how he's performed this season? I think basically the first four games of the year, basically kind of the preseason for most teams. You're trying to get your feet under. You're trying to get more evaluated in the playbook. And that's just generally how it is in the NFL. Ever since the collective bargain agreement came in where less contact was implemented in the contracts for the players, that's basically what we've been seeing the last decade. So Tannehill getting off to a slow start to me, it's not a surprise. I'm very much more on the mindset where you look at the offensive line that was basically one of the key issues there. It's trying to get him comfortable, trying to find the right setup while we were trying to figure out what the situation with Nicholas petit Friere was going to be, trying to get Andre Dillard, the left tackle, acclimated to the game. And, of course, he's had his fair share of troubles. But right now, it's been an up-and-down scenario. But last week was a good example of what a Tim Kelly-led offense with Ryan Tannehill playing under center can actually be if it's successfully utilized. Yep. And, and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it is always a Ryan Tannehill thing to always have the Indianapolis Colts uh, number, especially since you guys have gone on this win streak against the Indianapolis Colts. It just always seems like every matchup doesn't matter how bad Ryan Tannehill is playing just somehow, some way seems to have his best games ever against the Indianapolis Colts. He always has, those two or three runs where it's like third and 15 and somehow Ryan Tannehill gets 17 and somehow moves the drive once again. And it just annoys the hell out of me uh, how much that guy does that to our, uh, to our team here. But uh, yeah, so we'll go ahead and hop into your guys's guide, Derek Henry, clearly still one of the best running backs in the league. No question about it. Uh, always seems to run the ball relatively well against Indianapolis. Usually runs the ball pretty well on almost everyone. Um, so far, uh, the Colts have been one of the worst 
uh, defenses at stopping the run, actually giving up hundred almost 127 yards per game uh, rushing. So, I mean, it's been it's been a struggle. I think it's mainly been due to the fact that DeForest Buckner has not been remotely healthy the last couple weeks of the season, and that's really hurt on the inside, on the interior. Um, and also, I think just with the new way the Colts are trying to attack their defense, I think that they're giving up less. Uh, they're giving up less inside pressure. And I think that's ultimately what the problem is right now, because the secondary is so young, they're trying to give more help in the backfield rather than committing to the run. So I think that's been an issue. Uh, But Michael, I'll start with you on this one again. Uh, Derrick Henry against this Colts defense that's struggling to stop the run. Saw what he did last week against the Bengals. Uh, What's your thoughts on Derrick Henry going into this game? Well, Derrick Henry's going to get his touches regardless. I mean, we look at last week, and it was a huge bounce back from what happened in Cleveland where he had potentially one of the worst games of his career. But Derrick Henry, of course, being a major threat, I'm also going to like put the spotlight on our young rookie running back, you know, Tajay Spears. You know, Henry's going to get his carries regardless. But Tajay Spears, averaging 5.5 yards per carry, the Titans are going to utilize him in their offense. So whether it be running the ball or running, you know, RPO, that's another running back you're going to have to potentially keep an eye on because the Titans are seemingly trying to get him more integrated into their offense as the season progresses. Lee, what do you uh, what do you think about Derrick Henry going into this? Well, there's an interesting little stat about Derrick Henry against the Colts. Derrick Henry has run for 100-plus yards against the Colts seven times. I think, yeah, the Colts' defense, because I'm looking at the uh, defensive depth chart right now, um, Tyquan uh, Lewis, Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, uh, Shaq Leonard. Well, and it's funny because uh, two of those Speed, names that you mentioned uh, – may not potentially play in this game. Uh, I don't know about Shaq right now. Um, he's not even been our best linebacker. Actually, he's been our third best linebacker uh, so far this season. Zaire Franklin leads the NFL in tackles this year. And yeah. EJ Speed was, is a very serviceable I was just guy. fixing to mention Franklin. And then you have uh, Kenny Moore in that secondary. But I feel like Derek, and I'm just proving a point. The Colts' defense is actually a very good defense on paper, just looking at the depth chart. But Derrick Henry has had games, huge games against Indy. I feel like he could just have another one this weekend. Well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> certainly hope not. I'm tired of Derrick Henry uh, running all over this defense. I mean, you and the rest of the NFL. Well, yeah, very true. Very true. (laughs) And well, in in 2021, that was the game Derek got hurt on was Indy. Yeah. When he had the jump fracture. Yeah. And y'all still, and y'all still beat us in that game. And Derek Henry was a non-factor, bro. I, that was the last straw for me when that, when that happened with, uh, with that defense, 
was the last straw for me. I, I was done with Matt Eberflus. I was done with this defense and the philosophy that they held. I was done with it. I mean, there's no reason well, that they no. should have, that your offense should have put up the numbers that it did, the way that it was going in that game when your best player by a long shot was virtually unproductive throughout the entire game. You couldn't run the football, but yet Tannehill was out there looking like Lamar Jackson <laughs> running the football with, against our defense and your receivers just, and that was AJ yeah. Brown was still on your guys' team at that yeah. time. Right. So, yeah. and AJ Brown just caught everything. I mean, yes. there was just nothing. There was literally nothing that the Colts defense could have possibly done to slot, to stop AJ Brown. We could have triple teamed that dude and somehow, some way he would have made it, been able to make the catch. It was just that kind of game. And I, and it still haunts me to this day. What about the onside kick return? What onside kick that. return? <laughs> I don't even remember that. I just remember. I just remember the left-handed throw that put you guys that you intercepted for a touchdown. I remember the. Um, I just remember the uh, nonstop being unable to stop Ryan Tannehill. I remember Carson Wentz launching one up to uh, Michael Pittman and us missing a field goal that would have tied the game. I, I I just remember all that, and it was it was rough. But um, yeah, to make I you mean, feel it, better, Derek. To make you feel better, yeah. I'm pretty sure Chicago is fed up with Eberflus as well. So <laughs> I think they are. Yeah, I think they are. But guess they're, what? They're feeling your the pain guy now. that coached that. Yep. Yo, the guy actually, that coached the Colts team is Carolina's problem now, and we're seeing how that's working out. So, but <laughs> but y'all y'all now have a competent defensive coordinator, in Gus Bradley. Competent. That's the biggest question. I my my thing is is I, I the one thing I have a problem with when it comes to Gus Bradley is his inability to send pressure. Uh, he is not a blitz kind of guy. He is. Like one of the, I think he's second to last amongst defensive coordinators in regularly sending pressure, and it it annoys me so much because outside of DeForest Buckner, we don't have a guy that can consistently destroy you on the edge, and that ultimately makes DeForest Buckner a lot less effective at being able to do that. So. You know, at the end of the day, I, I know Derrick Henry is going to get his 30 touches this game because that's how it always is every time <laughs> they play against the Colts. Um, talk to me about your wide receivers here, Lee, because, I, I mean, obviously, Traylon Burks, uh, I mean, I assume at some point he's going to – I I presume he's playing. I don't know if he is or not. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, who, you know – Obviously, it was a huge signing for you guys in the offseason. Um, I've seen he's been making catches. I don't think he's really made your offense insanely more explosive, but he's been semi-productive. Um, I mean, how do, how do you feel about this wide receiver group coming into this matchup? But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is due a big game, and it's no offense to your secondary. I do think you have some playmakers there, but DeAndre Hopkins is foaming at the mouth to just have one of his signature games, and the Colts seem like the best matchup for him right now, so I'd expect them to try and throw to him early in the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try and get Chigakongwo more involved in the game as well. 
Titans seemingly want to try and get their tight end sets moving, and Chig just hasn't had that opportunity to get the ball. But, you know, as Lee mentioned, Chris Morris, another guy that's kind of just creeped out of the woodwork and really just made some big plays for the Titans in the last couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him try and catch a long ball out there in the field, potentially maybe early in the game as well to set the tone. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the problem with the Colts secondary is it's insanely young. Uh, Kenny Moore is the only guy that has multiple years experience, et cetera, with this uh, unit. And he's back to playing like what he once did. Um, Outside of that, your best guy in the secondary for you, Dallas Flowers, uh, he got injured this last week and had to have season-ending surgery. And he was a second round or a second year undrafted guy that you had. And that was your best corner coming into last week. And so now we have a rookie that we drafted in the second round that missed almost the entirety of the offseason because of injury. You have a guy that shined in training camp, but allowed Nico Collins to get seven receptions for 150 yards uh, against him in week two that got him benched by the other guy that replaced him. And the guy behind him is a Jalen Jones, who is a seventh round corner uh, coming into this. Uh, I mean, ultimately I think the, what would you outside of this? I'll say this, the Colts best part about this game going into this matchup Clearly, um, some offensive line changes trying to come back for you guys. Uh, The Colts' defensive line has been really good at getting pressure. Um, I don't know if Quiddy Pay is going to be back for this game. I don't think he is, which is really rough because he has three sacks for the first four weeks, uh, and that was uh, he was off to an amazing start. Uh, But but the rest of the guys have really stepped up and played really good football on the D line, Um, and so far through the first four weeks. Actually, the Indianapolis Colts are actually the third best team in the entire NFL at red zone scoring percentage on touchdowns. Uh, They've actually scored uh, a touchdown on 72% of their red zone drives, which is an insurmountable new number compared to what it was under the previous coaching administration. Uh, Obviously with, Anthony Richardson being in there, you can get a lot more creative in the red zone and it has allowed Indy to get a lot better uh, touchdown percentage improvement. That's been one of the biggest things for you guys or for us. Uh, What is, what is the biggest thing for you guys you think that gives you an edge coming into this game? Michael, I'll start with you. Well, you know, it's as we said earlier, you know, our biggest edge is basically our defensive front and, the one thing that you have a huge advantage of, you know, especially facing a rookie quarterback, you're going in knowing that this defense is going to put pressure on him early and often. Now, if they're able to contain the edges and just try and work him, you know, sideline to sideline and not corner and corner, then basically they're going to have a good day containing him and trying to force him to throw in the pocket. So with that situation potentially maybe unfolding, if that's what happens, you know, Richardson's already shown, you know, he's not at that point where he can carry a team on his shoulders just yet. You know, the defense is going to challenge him and put him in a position to make him try and win the game. And Richardson can make plays. I just don't think he's there yet as a playmaker to carry this team fully. 
All right, uh, Lee, what uh, what are some things that you think the Titans have an e- give you an edge in this game? I think I think it's more defense than anything. I think this could end up being a defensive battle. I think the pass rush has been solid, definitely from the interior. Like d- the defense interior between Big Jeff, Danico Autry, and Tier Tart, getting that interior push. And of course, you have a guy like Aziz Al Shair that could loop it off the right end of the offensive line. All right. I'm going to ask you guys real quick. We're going to end this thing right here with a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do this with everyone here. Uh, Lee, why don't you go ahead and give me your score prediction for this Titans versus Colts game? I've looked, it's like a two and a half point spread favoring Indy. But I'm going to say, give me the Titans. I'm going to say 28 24. 28 24. All right. I can get with that. Michael, uh, go ahead and give me your score prediction here for this game. Well, unfortunately, I don't give out my scores until Sunday, but to quote my friend 21 Savage, a lot. Gotcha. Um, I'll, I'll say I definitely think this will definitely be a close game as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which of the, these teams come out on top. Um, again, it, it's been up and down with you guys. It's been up and down with us too. So it's it, two teams really trying to figure out their identity for the remainder of this season. So uh, it'll be awesome to see uh, this one. I'll probably go Colts. Uh, twenty-one seventeen in this one. Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good game. Derrick Henry's probably going to get a touchdown or two here and there, but it, it'll be a good one. I think it'll be a close one. But uh, guys, I want to thank you both for coming on here and doing this with me. Uh, Michael, go ahead, go first. Um, what do you have for a plug? Let people know where you can they can find you and anything else for you. Derek, thank you for having us on the show, man. It was fun talking football and always good talking any kind of just pig skin in general. You know, it's just good to get that out. But guys, thanks for watching the show. And of course, if you're looking for anything NFL related, because we don't only just talk Tennessee Titans, but we talk NFL as well. Check out the Titan Upload Network. Check out our YouTube page, Facebook, Twitter, X, or whatever you want to call it. Twitter, X, X, Twitter, whatever, you know, what floats your boat. But of course, you know, we want to do something nice for you Colts fans. So you can never say that Titans fans have never done anything for you. So head over to the Titan Upload Network page on YouTube. Check out our link in the bio for homage. Click on that. And we are going to hook you up with 15% off your next order. Shop around for anything Colts related you're looking for because new year, new gear, new you. So check that out. And you can never say we did anything for you. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure that's one thing that Colts fans can appreciate. Um, All right. uh, And Lee, I got you, man. I know you're cutting in and out here with the Titan Upload Network. I appreciate you, man. Um, Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Uh, Let me know your guys' thoughts on this game. Uh, Give your score predictions in the comment sections below. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.